when TPT Forward 2024 was announced and they said that there would not be a virtual version of the conference for this year. I know there were many teacher sellers that were bummed out because they may not be able to make it to San Diego for one reason or another. But I think this is a blessing in disguise because there is a completely virtual conference that did so fantastic last year. It was easily one of my favorite conferences, and that is the Teachers Sellers Summit. The great thing about this is that it also takes place in the summer. This is from June 27th through the 30th, and if of course, it's all online. You have not only pre-recorded sessions, but you also get live events. So what I wanted to share with you about right now is information about this Teacher Seller Summit and how you can level up your business from the comfort of your own home. There are sessions about perfecting your product listings, creating print-on-demand workbooks, opening up your own shop, and diversifying your income streams. But not only that, you can also connect with successful teacherpreneurs and industry experts to take your TPT or teacher business to the next level. Here's what's in store. You have in-depth sessions about mastering key business skills both on and off TPT with insights from experienced speakers, a variety of networking opportunities where you can connect with business owners worldwide, swap ideas and learn from each other's successes, practical tips and strategies with actionable techniques to succeed whether you're just starting out or you're aiming higher. And additionally, there are live Q&A panels, a private podcast for on-the-go learning, and so much more. I'm presenting at this conference, and my session is about three keys to a successful TPT store brand. So you may be wondering, what does this cost? What's the investment on this? And there are early bird tickets available through April 30th for $99. And you can save nearly 25% by just purchasing in the month of April. But if you're listening to this and it is past April, but not yet June, so May and June, you're listening to this, you can still purchase tickets to this conference for $129. You will get a 90-day pass to all 40 sessions, live Q&A panel discussions, virtual hangouts, co-working spaces, private podcast. If this sounds like something you're really interested in, you can check out my affiliate link in the description where you're listening to this episode. I hope I can see you there. Now let's dive into this week's episode. You're listening to the Creative Teacher Podcast, a show for busy teachers looking for ways to engage, inspire, and make an impact in their teacher businesses. I'm Kirsten a teacher business owner who is all about simple and actionable tips, strategies, and resources that result in wins, big or small. If you're looking for that extra spark of creativity, you've come to the right place. Let's dive in together. Hi guys, hope you're having a wonderful Monday. Today we have a special guest on the podcast, Cassandra Foster of Foster Content Solutions. She is here to talk about repurposing your content for social media. We are all told long form content is important. Having a blog, having a podcast, having a YouTube video show is important so that we are kind of putting out our content out there and establishing ourselves. 
But how can we take all of that and also at the same time create our social media posts and our email scheduling and all the stuff that goes along with marketing our resources and our content? So we are going to hear from her. She is going to talk a lot about how we can repurpose so we are working smarter and not harder. So I can't wait for you to hear this interview. All right. I am here with Cassandra Foster. I'm so excited for her to talk with us. Welcome to the show. Thank you so much for having me. I'm excited to chat about repurposing content today. Yes, I'm excited too. (laughs) Well, let's start off with if you could share a little bit about yourself and your journey as a teacherpreneur. Yeah. um, So I started out as a teacherpreneur um, back in 2021. It definitely wasn't the game plan in my life before that. Um, I was a classroom teacher. I taught uh, eighth grade ELA for three years, and then I transitioned and taught um, special ed preschool for five years. Um, I had my son back in 2019. And I kind of just had this feeling that I wanted to be able to spend more time with him. Um, But at the time, I just, I didn't really know how that could work. Um, And then the pandemic hit. And of course, teaching got like a thousand times more stressful. And so I knew I needed to kind of make an exit plan because it wasn't serving me any longer, which was really sad for me because I had always wanted to be a teacher. I like, I just imagined myself retiring as a teacher. Um, but I ended up finding a course about freelancing and I took that course and I had already had some experience with social media, um, running a toddler food page that I had started during the pandemic to kind of connect with other moms. And when I found the amazing community of teacherpreneurs on Instagram. Like I knew that's, that's where I wanted to be. I wanted to support them and help them reach more teachers with their resources using social media to market. Um, so that's how I kind of have come to be a social media manager for teacherpreneurs. That's really amazing. And I know a lot of us can relate to that. Um, just with the whole, like, we want to spend more time with our kids if we're mothers Uh, But as a teacher, it's really hard and we just don't know, like, we don't know how we could do that. And I love how in the last four or five years, more teachers are coming, you know, being able to kind of build something different that we may not have anticipated, but it's just a really cool way, like through um, helping other teacher business owners Mm -hmm. or being a teacher business owner. So I love all of that. And I can definitely relate. It's like awesome to see people still like keeping a pulse on education because you can tell that people are very um, passionate about it. Like Yes, definitely. All right. Well, we're talking today about repurposing content, which Mm -hmm. is something that I like really love to do. And I'm so glad you're here to share with us the information about it. But just kind of going back to the very beginning, what does it mean to repurpose our content for teacher business owners? Yeah. So when you think about repurposing content, it's taking um, the ideas, the copy, the images that you have used to create usually a longer piece of content, which we call long form content, like a blog post, a podcast episode like this, a YouTube video, and taking those ideas and that copy and those images or videos 
and breaking them down and using them on another platform in order to educate your audience and market to your audience. Um, in this case, I kind of specialize in repurposing for social media. So specific social media posts to help bring those ideas over to social media platforms and market um, to that audience. Okay. That's pretty great that you're giving us the rundown. So that's really helpful to know. So what are some common misconceptions that TPT or teacher business owners might have about repurposing content? Like I'm thinking um, without giving, you know, anything of what you're sharing away, but yeah. just like, I know that like, we may think, oh my gosh, we wrote this whole long blog post. How am I supposed to, like, what ways am I supposed to do that? So there yeah. might be some certain ways people do it, but mm -hmm. um, just in general, what are some common misconceptions that we might face from that? Yeah. So I think the first misconception I hear a lot when talking about repurposing is people are afraid that if they're talking about the same thing on multiple platforms, that their audience is going to get bored or annoyed with them. Mm -hmm. um, and I mean, unless you are completely overdoing it and only talking about one topic, like 24 hours a day, that's just not going to happen just because people's attention spans are so short nowadays. Mm -hmm. um, like preliminary scientific research is like people need to see things 20 plus times before it sinks in or they wow. act on it just because with like our digital world, we've been just so conditioned um, to only give a short piece of our attention to everything. And so in fact, you're not annoying them or boring them. In fact, it's a really great marketing strategy because your audience members need to see those ideas over and over and over again. And by repurposing, you are showing it to them in a fresh and new way. And so it ultimately helps you in the long run. I think the other piece that I see as a misconception is that like repurposing is another thing to add to your plate. So like you said, you've already written like this long um, blog post and okay, now I have to take it and now I have to make social media posts from it. And that just can seem like a really daunting task. Um, but with some like proper procedures and workflows, it actually ends up saving you time in the long run to repurpose your content versus writing blog posts and coming up with social media posts and coming up like with what you're going to do for your email marketing. Using that one piece of long form content kind of as your anchor across what you're going to do for your marketing, as long as you have some procedures set in place, saves you time and it helps you market as well. Yeah, I definitely would agree with that. Yeah. I know that um, I that's kind of what I've started doing with my workflow mm -hmm. in the last six to nine months with um, I will start my content creation, like batching that for the month. Yep. And I won't do my social media until after I have that batch so that I can yes. take pieces from my content into my social media. So it's it's super efficient and um Overall, it's been working pretty well as far as 
sanity wise, like not trying to come up with a bunch of different ideas of, okay, what should I post on my Instagram and what should I post on my Facebook? So yeah. And definitely to like, even make that more efficient. Um, what I suggest people do and like what I try to do when I'm working on my own podcast is like, as I'm drafting that piece of long form content, I also have up like my social media planner and calendar. Mm -hmm. And as I'm going, I am like pulling over ideas into that. So it's happening like simultaneously. And so then I finish that piece of long form content and then I kind of click out of that and go into my planner and all those ideas are right there and they're fresh in my mind because I just finished that up and I create all those and I get them scheduled. And I don't say that that podcast episode is done until all those posts are ready to go and scheduled. And so kind of just having that workflow is if you do it as you go and you look at it as that piece of long form content, like that blog post, that podcast, that YouTube video is not done until these other marketing pieces, like these social media posts that have to do with it are done. Mm -hmm. Um, That's kind of where the magic happens. And that's where you're going to be so efficient and you're going to save so much time. Love that. Yes. Mm -hmm. Totally agree with that. All right. So what are some, how do we decide in general, what platforms are best suited for repurposing content? So let's say whether, you know, we might have a blog or a podcast or a YouTube channel, Mm -hmm. how do we go about deciding where to start as far as what we repurpose? Yeah. um, So I think if you're thinking about your long form content and you're like, where am I going to post all this information that I'm going to repurpose? Um, the first thing you want to consider is like, where are your ideal audience members hanging out? Where are you going to be able to connect with the most of them? So is it Facebook? Is it Instagram? Is it TikTok? So just first, like taking a quick look and um, going to those platforms and like searching the title of your ideal audience member. Like if you create resources for like fifth grade social studies, like go and search fifth grade social studies. Like, does it seem like there are a lot of people on Instagram? Is there a huge amount of people on TikTok? Are they hanging out in Facebook groups? And that can kind of give you an idea, like where should I be funneling all of this information based on where your ideal audience member is hanging out? But then kind of on the other hand, you want to make sure that you're actually comfortable like with that platform too. So, you know, if I did that and I found that fifth grade social studies teachers, oh my gosh, they're hanging out on TikTok, but I don't like making videos and I don't like showing up on videos. That's not going to be a great place to funnel all of your information because you're not going to stay consistent with it because one, you don't like it and you're not comfortable with it. And so then you kind of just look at, okay, okay, where else are they hanging out? So it's like, where are they hanging out and where am I comfortable? And kind of pulling those two pieces together and so that you can show up consistently and you have an audience to consume that content on that platform. Love that. Yes. Consistency is definitely key, Mm -hmm. but um, whether it's like twice a week or every day, right, as long right. as it's consistent, I feel like that's, that's the good way to go. Right. Consistency doesn't have to be every day. I think sometimes right. there's a misconception about that too. Consistency kind of looks different for everyone, but like if, you know, you had chosen TikTok and you're not comfortable, but you know, you're like, I'm going to give it a try. So you do it for like two weeks and then you're like, I absolutely hate this. And then you just go on a hiatus for two more weeks and like, okay, I'm going to try it again. And it's just yeah. like this back and forth, back and forth. And then that's kind of where the issue comes in. You want to be putting out that consistent content for people. Yeah. And I would even like say that kind of leads into 
um, long form content as well. Like, yeah, I many times I've like, real, oh, I really like this podcast and it's kind of inconsistent. Like, well, I thought they were coming yes. every Friday, but I guess it's not every Friday, you know, so. Right. And you start to like, look forward to it and it's kind of yeah. like on your mind on that day. And then all of a sudden they're like, not isn't, fair. you know, like I go to fold the laundry and I'm like, this is the podcast I listen to and I fold the laundry and then it's not there. And it's like, so disappointing. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so yeah. Also just like determining the long form content that you want to put out as well. Like, for example, I decided on doing my own podcast because I did blog writing for people when I kind of first started my freelance journey and I didn't enjoy it. And I was like, yeah. so I don't want to do that every week for, for myself. Right. right? Yeah. So just picking something that you kind of enjoy doing so that you're consistently putting out that long form content as well. Yeah, definitely. So could you walk us through your process of how you repurpose content for yourself or clients? Yeah. Um, what steps do you take? Sure. So when you go to repurpose long form content, if you haven't been repurposing it in the past, there's kind of two paths you can take. Um, I like to call them, you can either take the go back path or the go forward path. So if you have a big bank of long form content that you haven't repurposed, and you've probably worked really hard on that, right? And you want to get those ideas working harder for you. You can go back to like those blog posts, those podcast episodes, whatever you have created and pull ideas from there in order to repurpose. Or you can kind of do the go forward method where you just say, okay, starting from now, whenever I make a piece of long form content, I'm then going to repurpose those ideas and put out those social media posts around the same time that that piece of long form content goes live. Um, Both ways can definitely be effective. It's just really a preference for you and like what kind of work you want to do. Um, Going back does include a little bit more work because you need to take a look at like your bank of long form content and your categories of topics and basically pull them together and see what posts kind of build off each other, what kind of topics go together and get them organized that way, because then that's going to give you a clearer picture of how you want to start dripping out those ideas over on your social media. So it does kind of take that extra step. You have to go through all of your bank of long form content and kind of group things by topic for yourself Mm -hmm. um, and then start the repurposing process. Or like I said, you just start from where you are in the next blog post I write. That's when I'm going to start repurposing and I'm just going to move on from there. Um, Again, all personal preference. Right. (laughs) Um, So if you aren't going back, you're just going to like follow that schedule that you set up for yourself for your uh, year long content. And that stuff is just going to go live when it goes live in its long content form. Um, kind of when it comes to taking your long form content and adapting it into different content types, there's a few guidelines that I use. Some information lends itself better to some types of uh, content. So for example, if we're thinking just about like Instagram, Instagram has like the most options of type of Mm -hmm. types of content you can put out there. Um, So you can do like static posts, which is just like a single photo or graphic, carousel posts, which are could be multiple photos or graphics, um, reels, just to name a few. Those are like the three big ones there. Um, 
So if you're looking to make like static posts from your long form content, as I'm going through working with clients, I look for things like powerful quotes you might have used Mm -hmm. um, in your podcast or your blog or your YouTube video, um, or like questions that you have used, pulling those questions over that you might have used as a hook in your blog can be a really great way to make a graphic with that same question and get some engagement on Instagram and see what people think about that topic, know about that topic, if they're feeling like they're in the same boat. And that gives you a really good pulse on how you can like present the other information to them. Um, So those are the two things I kind of look at when I'm creating static um, posts, pulling stuff from longer content. Um, Anything in your longer content that has like lists, steps, procedures, those all make great carousel posts because you can break them down and you can list one out and explain each of them. So one on each slide of your carousel. Um, So literally when I am breaking down like a blog post for a client, I, the first thing I do is I scroll through and I know if there are like any lists or any procedures or things like that. And I immediately pull those and think about which would make the best carousel. So that's usually where I start um, because it's kind of the easiest piece. Like, so if you're a going backer to (laughs) repurpose, doing that quick scan of your post first (laughs) and finding the lists can give you that in to get started um, because that's kind of the easiest piece because you can find them right away and pull them and start making those graphics right away. Um, When it comes to reels, like lists and steps are also great to include in reels. Also utilizing reels to showcase like the product or freebie that you're using that piece of long form content to promote. Um, So pulling that same promotion from the long form content and using it over on Instagram and showcasing it in a reel can show people like what it looks like in action, what it looks like to set it up, um, see all the benefits of it. Um, So pulling that piece too. So usually after I do the lists and start some carousel posts, I will go and figure out, okay, what is being promoted in this post? And then I'll make a plan to usually make a reel of that um, resource, whether it's free or paid um, of that promotion to pull that over onto Instagram as well. So that's kind of how I chunk things and take a look at that long form content to start repurposing it. Love that. So many jam-packed ideas. And even like the real, you know, with reels, anything, of course, related to video can be transferred over to TikTok. So that's really easy. And of course, we can now, you know, schedule anything on Instagram with Facebook, with Meta Business Suite. So that just kind of like like what you shared with Instagram, we can easily repurpose into, yeah, pull it to other social media platforms Mm -hmm. that we might be on. So that is perfect. So I am probably, or maybe, maybe not me, but um, listeners might be thinking how they may not have a lot of time. Actually, no, I do have, I don't have a lot of time. I (laughs) have very limited time. So, um, so I'm also thinking the same thing, but how can we be efficient in repurposing our content without it being like, you know, super time consuming and taking however many hours, eight hours, 12 hours, (laughs) dragging on and you're spending all week, um, you know, trying to repurpose or find things to repurpose. 
Yeah. Um, I would really love to meet someone who does have time. Like yeah, I, I know, know right? anyone. <laughs> where, where, are where, these where does it go? Where, <laughs> yeah. where are those people at the time? Um, no. So when it comes to repurposing, the major goal here is to save you time. And that's why I think that I love and talk about repurposing so much with my audience is because I know how much is on your plate especially if you're a teacher entrepreneur still in the classroom, like I've been there, I've done that. And so let's make your life as easy as possible here. So the idea is you spend your like a big amount of energy on this really awesome piece of long form content. And then you break it down so that you can use that in other places and extend your marketing impact. So you want to think about what your workflow is like already for that long form content that you're going to put out. So if you are someone who writes um, one blog post a week, and so say you sit down on Mondays to write your blog post for the week, you would also want to give yourself a little bit more time in that time block so that you can repurpose it as well, all in the same sitting, because it's harder, right? If you have to go back and like reread and Mm -hmm. reacquaint yourself with the ideas that you were talking about there, it just takes a little bit longer time. You can definitely do it. Like I said, if you have a huge bank of content, you want to repurpose and you want to go back, go for it because you worked hard on that. But Mm -hmm. moving forward is the way that's going to really save you a lot of time in the long run. And so, like I said before, as you are drafting that piece of long form content, have whatever social media calendar, um, you know, I use Airtable. So I'll pull up my Airtable that has my spots with all the days that I'm going to post and just start pulling over ideas. As you start writing out a list, copy and paste that list over into your planner so that you can make a carousel reel of it. Mm -hmm. Um, just pulling those ideas as you go. And then when that draft is done and you've kind of finalized it and that piece of long form content is ready to go, then you go right to your Airtable or whatever you have open that has your content plan on it. And you start creating graphics and you start um, writing captions. And the way to make that part of it easier um, is two things. One having um, graphics templates already ready to go, um, maybe in Canva or another design program that you use um, so that you can easily just like plug and play. So putting that information into that template, saving it, it's ready to go. Mm -hmm. The other piece too is don't feel like with your captions, you have to reinvent the wheel. You just wrote about all of that information. You just wrote about that topic. Go pull pieces of your copy for your captions and just break it down, right? So in long form content, you're probably writing paragraphs that are a little longer. And we know with social media and with people's attention spans, we want to keep things a little shorter in the caption. So just breaking it down um, into like two or three sentences per paragraph, inserting some lists in there with emojis and just um, utilizing that copy. You don't have to like reinvent the wheel there. So those are the two things. So starting off with your workflow, you are going to pull your ideas as you draft. Then when you are done with that piece of long form content, you're going to go to your planner, you're going to get your graphics done with your graphics templates, and you're going to pull pieces of the actual copy from the finalized version and just break it down a little bit more, add a hook, add a call to action, and then schedule and you're good to go. Awesome. Love it. Thank you for those 
Yeah. Well, okay. So now let's think of thinking about, you know, what's working, what's not working. What are some mm-hmm. ways to know um, what, how can you analyze what repurposed content is working for you? Yeah. Um, so when it comes to what is called like key performance indicators, um, those things that you, those metrics that you will be looking at to see if something is working the way you want it to be working. Um, it truly depends on like your business goals and the goals you have for your content. Um, but like for, if you're someone who's working more towards like brand awareness, you really want to be getting people to know who you are, how you help them, what kind of resources you offer things you might take a look at and see is like, how many followers are you bringing in from posts? Um, Mm -hmm. so in your insights, you can see how many people followed you as a result of that post, um, as well as overall follower count. Um, You can also be looking at your reach. So how many people actually saw that content and specifically um, what they call non-follower reach, which is people who aren't following you that saw your content, Mm -hmm. Um, because the more people who aren't following you that saw your content, hopefully that's going to help you bring more people into your community. Mm -hmm. Um, If you're someone who has like an established brand and you're looking more for conversion, so getting people off of social media and to your resources to purchase, which is the end goal for everyone. Um, But if you're like more far along and like establishing yourself as a store and as a brand, then you'd probably want to look more at like engagement rates. How are people engaging with you? If you ask them to comment for the link, like how many comments did that post actually get versus other um, posts where you ask people to comment for the links, you can compare them. So Mm -hmm. when you have similar calls to action, um, you can compare to see which ones got the best results. Like if, you know, I had a post where I was, promoting one freebie and I asked people to comment for it in a post where I was promoting a freebie and asked people to comment for it. You can kind of look and see, engage, you know, how much interaction did one get over another? Um, Mm -hmm. And then you can see kind of what styles your audience is more drawn to, you know, versus like a carousel or a reel, like how many more comments did it get either way? Interesting. Um, Yeah. And also like link clicks, because at that point, your main goal is to actually like get people off of social media and purchasing your resources. So how many people saw that piece of content? You can see this in your insights as well for each post. How many people saw that piece of content and went to your profile and clicked on your link in bio to get off of social media? Um, So you can kind of be looking at those pieces. But again, those metrics are really specific to the goals you have. So depending on like what your business goals are and the goals of your content, um, those can be varied widely across people and businesses, but those are just kind of some general things that you can be looking for um, as you try to figure out what content to make as you move into the future. Awesome. Well, that is great to know. Thank you for that. Okay, so I have a few rapid fire questions, bonus okay. questions. These Ooh, are the fun ones. Yes. <laughs> okay, question number one beach getaway or mountain retreat? Oh, this is a hard one because I love them both. Um, but I think in the season of life I'm in right now, I would have to say mountain getaway, like For a sure. nice cabin up in the mountains, the quiet. Mm-hmm cooler weather. Yeah. Sitting, so. sitting on the porch, sipping my coffee. That, that sounds nice right now. Yes, definitely. <laughs> okay. Second question. What's one software or tool you cannot live without? Oh, Airtable. 
it, <laughs> <Yes>. it houses <laughs> that and probably Asana. Um, but like all of my, that's how I deliver all of my content creation for my clients. That's how I organize all of my content. That's how a lot of clients organize like extra pieces of their content, like their blog posts that I pull and use from. Um, so I'm in there like every single day. <laughs> Yes. Airtable is, I love it too. And if it ever went down, I don't know what I would do with myself. I would be like, what? Yeah. My whole life is there. Yeah. Yeah. Pretty much. Yeah. <laughs> and last question, what's your go-to background music when you're working? Ooh, um, I like listening to podcasts while okay. I'm working. Nice. And, do you have any um, particular favorites? Um, right now I'm listening to, oh my gosh, what, uh, the decluttered mom. Oh, okay. um, where, yeah, I'm really, my son's a little older. He's like four years old now. We're, we're starting to get like less stuff. And so it's time to like clean out like all that baby stuff and like, yeah, really open up some space in our home. So I've been kind of binging, um, her podcast, but I like to listen to podcasts because, um, it makes me feel like someone's there with me and it makes me feel a little more accountable to like stay focused and be working because yeah. this other person is like talking to me while I'm working. So <laughs> love that. Yeah. Well, Cassandra, thank you so much for being here. Where can we learn more from you or even potentially work with you? Yeah. Um, so you'll find me over on Instagram, um, at foster content solutions. Um, I also host my own podcast called schooled in socials. Um, you can find that over on Instagram or on any, um, podcast streaming platform. Um, and on that podcast, I talk exactly about topics like this. So, um, helping teacherpreneurs leverage their social media, um, to market their resources. Um, and if you give it a listen and you really like it, we also have a Facebook community, um, over in Facebook groups where we talk about the episodes and people can ask me questions and things like that. So you can come check us out over there too. Sounds fun. Well, thank you so much for being here. Yes. Thank you so much for having me. I hope you enjoyed that interview just as much as I did. Even just talking with her, I got a lot of really great reminders and tips from her, what she shared. So I hope you enjoyed it as well. Make sure you follow Cassandra on Instagram. She's at Foster Content Solutions. You should definitely check out her podcast, Schooled in Socials. And of course, I'll link everything in the show notes so you can connect with her. And also just check out everything she has to offer. She offers services for business owners in the teacher space. So you can definitely just kind of see what she offers and listen to her and go from there. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your week and I will talk to you again soon. Thanks for listening to the Creative Teacher Podcast. If you enjoyed listening to today's episode, feel free to subscribe and leave a review. I'd love to hear your feedback. You can also follow me on Instagram at thesouthernteach.designs. Have an amazing day. Are you looking for a way to grow your business without working too much harder than you already are? Do you want to optimize your limited time and see a real impact on your business efforts? Well, I've got great news for you because your data playbook can help you achieve all of these goals and then some. 
As a teacher, you know that the education market is super competitive, and in order to succeed, you would have to stand out from the crowd and deliver results that really matter to your customers. But without the right tools, it can be kind of hard to know if what you're doing is truly paying off. And that's where your data playbook comes in. The membership is designed to help teacher sellers like you leverage the power of data-driven strategies. You can unlock valuable insights about your customers, your products, and your sales performance. This membership is packed with access to analytics tools and resources, personalized coaching sessions, and a community of like-minded teacher sellers who are also eager to share their insights and experiences. I totally believe that your data playbook can help you take your teacher seller business to the next level, but don't take my word for it. Check out the website to see what other teacher sellers are saying. I'd appreciate it so much if this is something you're considering to check out my affiliate link in the description. There are different membership tiers. So if this is something you're considering, you should definitely check it out. It's your data playbook and I hope you can join.